Welcome to the Rapid Change Matters podcast. My name is Howard Cooper, and for over 14 years now, I've been fascinated with helping people to create personal change quickly. But I still come across many who believe that lasting personal change has to take a long time, consisting of reliving traumas or deep psychological analysis, or simply that flawed notion that understanding why you have a problem will somehow make it go away. I'm on a mission to get people who work therapeutically with others to shift their thinking and realize that these beliefs are not written in stone. Rapid change can happen. So, to help you open up to what's possible, I'm interviewing top therapists and agents of change who are out there getting real results with real people really quickly. Before we get to the interview, I just wanted to let you know that I've written a quick-to-read, downloadable PDF on five strategies to amplify your client's response, with some great tips on getting your therapeutic suggestions to really sizzle. You can download this for free from rapidchange.works, where you can also find all the information about this episode and episodes still to come. Now, over to the interview. It gives me great pleasure to introduce our guest for today, Sarah Wall, otherwise known as the Fit Mind Trainer. Sarah is an expert hypnotherapist who specializes in helping people to train their minds to change their bodies. She's worked with hundreds of clients in the UK, USA and South America to achieve fast yet long lasting positive results. So she is certainly no stranger to this rapid change conversation. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Howard. Thanks so much for that fantastic introduction. Absolute pleasure. Um, jumping straight in, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you got started? Okay, so as you mentioned, I'm the FitMind trainer and I specialize in creating awareness and teaching about the psychology of change. So specifically for women's health and what it takes to create the habits and the mindset shifts that are really necessary to maintain both a fit mind and a fit body. Fantastic. And and is this an area of interest that you've always been fascinated in? Yeah, it, it is. And actually, I started off, um, I'm a pretty experienced solution-focused psychotherapist and senior hypnotherapist. So I've done quite a lot of varied work over the last 10 years, you know, always helping people to quickly change unwanted feelings and behaviors, for example, to stop smoking or to give birth, to get pregnant, to lose weight. Um, but yeah, it's always been a real fascination for me, the human body right? You know, and how we choose to fuel it, our nutrition, you know, and how we move it and take care of it, like exercise and sleep, and really how our thoughts and feelings all tie together to create this environment in which we live out our daily lives. So it's, you know, it's really centered on these three things, the food, the exercise, and the thinking is the basis of whether we thrive or whether we just survive, right? And, um, you know, I noticed over the years, I, I started off working one-to-one -one with people that whatever problem they brought to therapy, you know, I knew I could help them change quickly, but I became really passionate about creating this self-awareness in people by teaching them the skills 
you know, that they could implement into their own lives to really thrive. So it's kind of a combination with the therapy, along with some education about food and exercise as well, meant that those changes will be long lasting, you know, and even help them deal with future problems that might come up in a better way. Um, so, you know, that's how the Fit Mind training program came into existence. And um, primarily, I think I see myself now more as a trainer or a teacher rather than a therapist. And I think approaching change in this way helps break down the idea where the therapist is seen as the change maker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it puts the power to adapt and grow back into the hands or the minds of the client. It's interesting to me that you talk about client taking responsibility for the change and that one mm -hmm. of the things you do is to facilitate that happening. I, I guess I'm curious as to, has that always been uh, the way in which you've worked? Yeah, I, you know, it has always been the way in which I've worked with my clients because I've always come from the understanding that the clients are the experts in their problems, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I remember that, you know, there's been times when even right from the beginning, when I first when I first qualified and started working with people that they'd bring things to the therapy room that, that I would have really a, a little idea about about how to handle it, about their actual problems. But um, but by knowing that the client themselves was the expert in their problems and actually, you know, the problem would bring through it the solution as well then the way that I've always approached that is by making sure that the client's aware that they are the person that's bringing about the change yeah so that it's not you know it's not that um relationship with the therapist where they're reliant on you providing some kind of magic wand solution yeah so that that really empowers the client to feel that they are the ones who are capable of change and you know as you say you are there to facilitate them doing that hmm. you see I, I think it's interesting uh, when you say you know you talk about the magic wand because I think there is a misunderstanding for many people that things like hypnosis is a magic wand and that people turn up and they go oh you know do your stuff um, do you think there are other misnomers that people have about hypnosis or change work that you would rail against or try and dispel yeah, that's um, that's an interesting one. I mean, of course, as soon as you mention the word hypnosis, there is an image that comes to people's minds about being made to do something against their, you know, that they're not in control of, perhaps mm. doing something that someone else has suggested that they do. So it really centers around the power of suggestion. And that's the part that people, you know, have a really big misunderstanding about when it comes to using hypnosis for, for therapy versus hypnosis on the stage. Um, so I think, again, this is why it's so important in what I do in terms of creating awareness around the psychology of change is for people that are coming in and, and looking for help. You know, after all, you know, all help is self-help really, whether they're picking up a book or watching something on YouTube or, um, or going to see a therapist in person, you know, it's all self-help. 
And, you know, so really having the client understand part of that process. Yeah, they don't have to be an expert in the processes that you're using to help them create that change. But by giving them an understanding of how their mind works, which is you know part of the fit mind training that I do, then they can really, you know, it dispels a lot of the myths around the idea of the suggestion. Yeah, so it dispels the idea that someone else is going to make them do something that they don't want to do. So I think my clients feel really comfortable when we do do hypnotic work and when they get their hypnosis downloads or the live hypnotic work that we do, they're really comfortable with the idea that the change is really coming from within their minds and they're the ones who are in the driving seat for that. Tell, tell me about, um, uh, should we say, the, the mind-body connection? Because I think there are people out there that don't appreciate how connected they are. Is that something that um, people, when they're thinking about weight loss, getting fit, becoming healthy, they struggle to grasp just how intertwined the mind and the body are. First of all, I think that I think that people's general understanding of mind-body connection has changed a lot in the last decade. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's not such a it's not such a big deal to people, especially in our generation, um, to be able to get their heads around this idea that, you know, where the mind goes, the body follows, or vice versa, that there's this, you know, it, it's not a connection between the mind and body. The mind and body is one whole, right? So I think that most people, um, most people are aware of that. But yeah, if if I'm looking at um you know, sometimes people don't realize how strong that connection mm-hmm. is and they don't realize, for example, um, that what they're thinking or feeling can affect the digestion of their food. Yeah. So sometimes people are surprised to find out that how they're feeling when they eat something will actually affect how their body absorbs the nutrients in that food and what mm-hmm. it will do with those calories. So people can be surprised by the science behind <clears throat> They can be surprised by the science behind the mind-body connection. But I think people get it now. People yep. get it. And if anyone's struggling to understand it, then, um, then yeah, I, you know, I used to do a lot of hypnobirthing training for couples um, when they were preparing for the birth of their children. And um, you know, some of the best ways to explain things was either talking about sex or talking about doing a poo. Those are like my two go-to responses for most things. I think most things can be explained when it comes to the mind-body. <laughs> Trust me on this one. Um, you should come on one of my hypnobirthing classes, yep. you'd see. But yeah, I mean, there isn't anything, there really isn't anything um, as, um, as evident as looking at um, you know, what happens with sexual responses, especially with men. So it is something um, isn't something that most people can understand that whole um, mind body connection and the idea of thinking about something, having a physical response in the body. So you can do the whole lemon test. You know, hypnotherapists are um, renowned for doing the think of a lemon, cut the lemon, you know, the, the lemon's coming up to your mouth and all this salivating thing. But, you, you know, you talk to somebody about um, you talk to somebody about a willy. You talk to somebody about a a sexual response, especially in men, um, which is much more obvious, then, you know, then they get the idea that what happens in your body is... um, um... It's not hard to understand. (laughs) So, I mean, just on on a totally different note, 
what what are the the array of people that come on the FitMind trainer program? Uh, what are the things that stand in the way of achieving you know what they would like to achieve? And are there similar patterns? Yeah, so people often come into the program and with, with different reasons or different goals in mind. But most, you know, this is a program exclusively for women. And most women initially come into the program because they want to lose weight. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, they come into the program with the goal of um, losing weight, either, you know, either thinking in terms of um, pounds and kilograms or inches off their waist or changing their body shape in some way. Um, but the focus really is for, from them, in the beginning at least, on, you know, on changing their bodies. So the, the patterns that they have that, you know, that are really holding their problems in place, yes, they, they essentially are quite similar, right? And you know, the reason for this is because in our culture, we have always assumed that weight loss or wanting to lose weight or change your body is um, an acceptable thing to do. Mm -hmm. So what I find with the women that come onto the program is they've never really asked themselves why. The big question, why? Why they want to change their bodies. And not just why they want to change their bodies, but you know what that is going to do for their life. What that's going to do to make their lives better for them to thrive rather than just surviving. So initially when they come onto the program, perhaps they're, you know, the reason why they came in uh, seems to be, you know, it seems to be similar. It seems to be the same reason amongst all the different types of women and the pattern that's holding it in place, you know, can be something that unravels at a different time on the program for different women, depending on what's going on for them. For example, um, some people who come in and they know they have a really tricky relationship with food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So somebody can come into the program and um, one particular week on the course will be a massive aha moment for them where they're experiencing a massive you know, a sudden change in the way that they feel, the way that they're viewing the situation with regards to food. And that will be one of the keys for them for having long lasting success with their body. For somebody else, it might be when we get to the part about limiting beliefs. Okay, when we talk about, you know, what you really believe you're capable of. And when we talk about identity, and identifying with, you know, who you are physically, as well as emotionally, and that might be a big aha moment mm -hmm. then so you know I, I tend to see people when they're moving through the program there's usually different points that are covered the points that everybody needs to know and everybody needs to work through but some of the elements of the course will be more powerful for people for, for certain people at different points along the way so it really gives them the chance to cover all the different areas that they need to address to have a really healthy relationship with food and exercise and to make these changes really long lasting. And, and what would you say those aha moments are? I mean, is, is it a conscious understanding of something that's been holding them back or something unconscious or the merging together or what is an aha moment? Yeah, that, that, that's a good question. Um, and I would say that there is definitely a combination of those two, but I think it's the conscious aha moment that is more recognizable to the client. So that's something that they will feel instantly and want to tell me about 
Yeah, so um, sometimes it can just be the way that they've been viewing the situation. Um, perhaps it's been an awareness of, you know, for example, waiting for something to happen in their life when they have lost weight. Yeah, so it could be the realization of how they've been using losing weight to, you know, to not get on with something else in their life. And that kind of realization that that's happening. Sometimes it could be a, a practical realization. It, you know, it could be the realization of how their body works on a hormonal basis and the biology of their body and understanding how much their mind has been holding certain patterns in place that have stopped them being able to lose fat efficiently yeah. Yeah, and to have their hormones balanced. So we, we talk a lot about, um, about cortisol and about balancing hormones and the fight flight response. So it's really a complete education for them to, you know, to understand, um, you know, in a gentle way to understand the technicalities of how their body and mind work. But at the same time, so that on an unconscious level, because they're receiving their personalized hypnosis downloads to listen to each week as we move through the program, then on an unconscious level, they're getting all of that information reinforced so it can really become effective on a deeper level. Sure. Because I, I have spoken with therapists around this issue uh, previously who, um, you know, they will often state, well, you don't need to consciously understand something for it to change. And I'm just wondering where you stand on that or whether actually the, the conscious understanding, it sounds like, is an integral part of this or letting the client know that they are experiencing change. Yes. Um, and I think this is a really important point that you bring up, Howard, because you know, if I was working with a client on a on a one to one basis, then I would say that, you know, that there was no need for them to understand, you know, on a conscious level, for example, if they came in because they had a phobia of water or, or flying, they had a fear of flying, then, you know, they, they kind of there's only so much you need to know about how that works to be able to, to move forward. So you don't need to understand why that's happened. You don't need to go back into the past and look at you know, why you developed that fear um, of flying or of dogs or whatever it is. You don't really need to understand exactly why that happened. But what you do need to understand is how you're responding and how that's normal. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's really important for clients to understand. So to not look and analyze why it's happening, it's not about looking towards the past and, you know, and analyzing why that's happened. It's about recognizing where you are now so that you can feel that this is normal. So you can bring down that overwhelm. Okay, so you can calm things down because, you know, you've got to be in a space where you're able to change. You've got to be able to see things in a calm way. So I think part of it is normalizing. So I would do that with a, you know, with a one-to-one -one client. I would always make them aware of the process of change in terms of this is a very normal thing. Yeah, this is very normal that you're reacting like that. No wonder you're sweating when you're getting on an aeroplane because your body doesn't know if you're fighting a lion or if you're just imagining something awful happening. So I think it's important to normalize it. The difference with um, taking people through an online program is that there is a, a larger element of education because we have more time. Yep. Right. So we don't have just, you know, an hour or two hours with somebody where we're wanting to, you know, to make the quickest, most effective change possible in that session when we've got them face to face. This is a fantastic thing about running online therapy, essentially, or an online course. 
is that you're able to give them that time for it to really sink in um, in a more self-discovery way, on a more personal level, because you haven't got them in front of you. You're not able to elicit those resources in the same way that you would with a one-to-one client. So a lot of that change work has to happen outside of the coaching or outside of the sessions that they have with you. So it has some of it has to be instigated by them. So it is a little bit different working online. Um, but, you know, the process is, is working towards the same end. You know, we're still working on rapid change. You know, this is only a four-week course and the kind of changes that they get even in the first week in terms of, you know, how they're viewing the situation, how they're feeling about themselves is, you know, a massive steps. But it's really not a, a one-size-fits-all and it's really not a straightforward thing to deal with why people want to change their bodies. So we do need to allow some time to make sure that we've gone through all the different elements that can be holding problems in place for different people because mm-hmm. those different elements apply to all of us in, in to some degree. Tell me, the because an online program, which essentially I, I, I know is a, the, a cornerstone for the Fit Mind Trainer, um, is very different from the traditional view of therapeutic change work of, you know, you go and see someone, you sit in an intimate one-on-one session, you know, talking about stuff and it's face-to-face. Uh, is it possible that people could have concerns that it is done remotely? or I think that because of the way that we live in a digital world, it's so normal for us right now that people are used to communicating at a level of texting and you know social media like Facebook and even doing online webinars, that people have become really comfortable with the idea of you know of, of doing something like this. You know, even though this is very unique and, and it's an unusual at this point in time, it's unusual. I'm not aware of anyone doing anything similar. But people are really comfortable with the idea as long as they get to know you. Mm-hmm. Right. So just the same as before you perhaps you before you see a client for a one to one session, you'd have a chat to them on the phone or they might have a look at you on your website and make a decision based on some images you have on there, perhaps a photo of yourself. So people are making that decision in the same way about working with me, but they actually get so much more information from me because they get live videos, you know, before they even sign up to do the training, they've probably seen me live online through live streaming a couple of times um, they've probably spoken to me on the phone they've probably been in my private facebook group where they can ask questions without mm. anyone else you know having seen that and really get involved so the whole trust no like factor mm-hmm. is um you know is there before they even make that decision to come on and do the training I, and i think that the word trust is an important one because i was going to ask you about um, how important not necessarily trust is but something akin or similar one could argue which is rapport mm-hmm. how would you define rapport and, and how important is it in terms of the work that you do in facilitating change well of course rapport is extremely important and you know it's really one of the cornerstones to any human interaction and you know is the basis really of knowing that we understand each other right so people want to be understood And that's no different working online than it would be working with somebody face to face. You know, they don't even necessarily have to like you, but they Mm -hmm. certainly need to receive the message that I am like you and you understand me. So, you know, the idea of um, of connecting with somebody 
you know, in this day and age, it's very different to our traditional concept of having to meet somebody in person. It does bring about some interesting, um, interesting challenges. You know, if you're not, if you, if you're not present with somebody and you're not able to read their body language, then, you know, it's, it's been an interesting challenge to see what other cues can I take from my clients to find out what's really going on? Yeah, if I can't mm-hmm. see their body language, if I don't have them in front of me. So actually, it makes my job in some ways a little bit more challenging. But people are so used to expressing themselves now. And you can see, you know, through people's words, the way that they express themselves in, a, in an email or the tone of their voice on the telephone. You know, there's enough information that I'm getting from my clients to be able to, to, be able to work with them in a personalized way without having to see them face to face. Could you share with us some real examples, some real case studies of people that have gone through the program and the rapid transformations they've had? Well, there's been, you know, there's been quite a variety. We were talking um, earlier about, you know, the, the reasons that people come on the program and whether they had similar patterns. And although the patterns that tend to hold the problems in place are similar, the actual, the life story or the reason that the person comes into the program can be very different. For example, um, Holly came into the program and she'd already lost a great deal of weight. I think she'd lost over five stone mm-hmm. over the course of a couple of years. And um, the problem that Holly had is that even though she'd lost the weight, she found that the, the style of thinking and the way that she was feeling about herself hadn't changed okay so she had changed her body but she hadn't changed her mind so holly came onto the program as um you know it could even be seen as she kind of came in in a, in a, in a kind of from the other side of things that her body was already in a place that she wanted it to be but you know her mind wasn't there yet So when Holly came through the program, you know, what was really important for her was not losing the weight, but was to feel that a weight had been lifted from her shoulders. That's actually what she what she said to me after she'd finished the program. So she came out of the program feeling completely different about herself, feeling completely um, feeling much lighter. Okay, so she'd already lost five stones. She didn't need to lose any more weight, but she needed to feel lighter. And that's what the Fit Mind training did for her. So she was, you know, she learned a whole new style of thinking. She was a very typical um, all or nothing thinker. In fact, interestingly, every time she had a negative thought, she would apologize for it. So every time she said something, she said, oh, I'm sorry. I know that's not very positive. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't think like that. Oh, that's not a very good thing to say. So I think the interesting thing I've seen is that we've kind of been programming people into this whole positive thinking, positive vibes world. And we're not really allowing people to be human. We're not really allowing people to fail. Yeah, people, people aren't understanding that, you know, failure is information. You know, mm-hmm. when something goes wrong, you learn and you grow from that. Yeah. So when Holly came through the program, um, she learned a new style of thinking. And it was a big surprise for her because she thought she knew everything about positive thinking. But of course, mind training is not about thinking positive. 
right? Because that's just not natural to think positively all the time. It's about how do you deal with the negative thoughts? How do you deal with the times when you don't feel motivated? Because successful people are not people that manage to maintain a level of motivation 100% of the time. You know, they have days when they don't feel inspired. They have days when they really don't feel motivated to get out and exercise or to eat really healthily. So it's what you do in the times when you don't feel really motivated or when you don't feel really positive. That's really the, the key to being successful in the long term. And that's why it's important to teach these skills to clients to the, so that they're able to use them in their life for all areas of their life and in the long term. Mm. I, I think that's, that's really good. And I've often talked to people about what I would nickname the dark side of personal development. <laughs> that actually there are, shall we say, sort of motivation speakers out there who perhaps sow a seed that unless you are 100% juiced up on life and firing on 100% all cylinders every single moment of every single day, yeah. then perhaps you're failing somehow as a human. Yes. And that's definitely people's attitude towards health and fitness, especially. Um, the whole no pain, no gain. You know, look at all the language that we use around clean eating, treats, cheat days. You know, the whole way that the, the industry is built on real extremes and black and white thinking. So you know, to break down that black and white thinking, you can, you know, you can do that in, in one session or one hour or using hypnosis for someone. You can begin to chip away at that thinking and make changes. But the thing about having a four-week program is that you really can see how those changes are working in the long term and how they're going to be long-lasting. Because, of course, you're not going to suddenly change your whole way that you reference you know, your, your thinking in, in just an hour, but you can certainly make massive changes um, from one session or by listening to the hypnosis downloads on the course. But really, you know, seeing that follow through over the weeks is, is definitely part of, um, part of seeing it play out into long-term success. I will, um, another example, uh, Michelle came on to the program and when they first come in, I have, um, they have their first coaching call with me. I do 13 minute coaching calls with them once a week over the four weeks. And, um, you know, exactly as I would treat a one-to-one -one client, we go through, um, you know, some solution focused questions and we look at, you know, how will they know when they have, you know, reached their goal or when they've been successful, how will they know when, you know, the fit mind training has, is working well for them. And, you know, so they give me these reasons and we fill out something that I call a transformation sheet, which is essentially, um, an interesting tweak on traditional goal setting. So if you go mm -hmm. into a gym and you see a good personal trainer, they'll probably sit you down and take you through goals such as, you know, weight loss, measurements, photos. So that's up to my clients if they want to do that. But I have other ways of measuring their goals. So, um, for example, we might use some scaling. We might look at, you know, how what they feel their attitude is like on a scale of one to ten or how um, how happy they are with their body image and mm -hmm. we look at we look at things like that and because the client is involved in that process you know when we were talking about them taking responsibility for the change then if at any point in the future when they they have natural moments of doubt 
Yeah, because it's natural to start having doubts. It's natural to have moments when you don't feel that things are going well. Then they can look back. You know, they have the skills to look back and and track their progress and remember where they were. And they know how to start again. They know mm-hmm. how to start measuring their progress. So Michelle came into the program and she told me her goals and you know she wanted to lose weight. Um, she'd been really struggling with this. She'd had lots of um, lots of difficult life challenges, um, the death of somebody in the family and, and other big things happening for her that she felt were the reason why she had gone off track. And um, about 10 days into the program, she had one of those aha moments from a webinar that I gave about restorative rest and this is something that people often find quite surprising um, the effect that sleep or a lack of sleep can have on their body composition and the way that their body looks so one of the webinars was about was about sleep but I don't just talk about sleep of course because we can't all sleep a full night especially if we've got little kids as we know tell me about (laughs) it you know, and, and these women, most of the women that come through the course are mums. So I also talk about what to do if you can't get a full night's sleep and no. what are other ways you can get quality restorative rest. And of course, hypnosis is a fantastic way of doing that as well. So they get their hypnosis to get some good quality restorative rest in. But one of those aha moments for her um, around this, and she wrote to me, Um, Yeah, about 10 days into the training and she sent me um, this really lovely email and she just said, everything has changed for me. I feel so different today. Um, I've realized that I have just been focusing on, you know, on the things that I don't like about my body. I've been focusing on what I don't want for myself. I've been focusing about what I want to change. And now I've realized that I really need to focus on taking care of myself. And today I went to the gym and instead of doing an hour's workout, I just worked out for 20 minutes and then I went and got in the sauna. And then when I finished doing that, I went to work and I actually headed up a meeting that I've been scared of doing for the past six months. Every time they'd ask me if I would chair a meeting, I would say, I'll do it next time. So I went to work and I chaired this meeting and I felt so confident. So she'd had this kind of breakthrough in this idea of putting herself first. Yeah. And then a few days after this, she wrote to me again and she said, oh, by the way, um, I'm so, so, so happy today because I've noticed that I ha- all my IBS symptoms have completely cleared up since I started mm. the training. And I thought, and I got out my notes and I thought, you know, did I just forget this? I went through my notes. She didn't ever tell me that she had IBS. It's not something that she mentioned in, in you know, when we had our coaching mm cause and um, this has been a huge pain in her life so of course it wasn't something that she'd even considered mentioning to me because she came on this course thinking about losing weight and having a, a smaller dress size being able to fit into smaller clothes and and being a different person so when she finished the training that was in the first you know that was in the first 10 days um but, you know when she finished the training she had been symptom free for the whole time on her IBS and that actually became although you know she did lose weight as well mm-hmm. that became much more important to her mm-hmm. than the weight loss the weight loss became like a like an extra bonus like a secondary benefit to the changes that it made in her in her life how often would you say 
that successful weight loss uh, comes about when the weight loss becomes secondary to the other things that are going on? I think that that's definitely the case for, for a large number of people. And especially for the people that don't have a large amount of weight to lose. So a lot of people will just have that last five or 10 pounds that they think that is really important to shift. So when they shift their focus and their mind on thinking about losing that and focus on other things that they want to gain and are going to bring them benefits, then yes, they often do lose that last bit of weight plus a bit more. I think when it's important to be focused on your body goals is, you know, if you do come into this kind of program with a health issue or with something specific, um, you know, or perhaps even after putting on a large amount of weight after after having a baby, for example, or, Mm. you know, if you're suffering from diabetes or another health condition that is going to be you know, worse because of being overweight, then I think that, um, you know, that it is quite acceptable is, is what I want to say. It's quite acceptable to have the goal of wanting to wanting to lose weight. Yeah. So we're not we're, we're not trying to um, we're not trying to play down the goal of losing weight as as not being important because it is in some situations. It is vitally important for somebody's health and, and well-being. But in most cases, um, it, it is something that is on some on somebody's mind so much that they almost lose the perspective. You know, like any problems, Howard, you know, any clients that we have, when the, the problem is not the problem, it's the viewing of the problem that's the problem. Right? Sure. So when we change the viewing of the problem, then we often see that there's, you know, that there's other solutions and, and other things that, that we're free to do once we get out of that trap of the way we've been viewing it before just changing track totally um Mm -hmm. if there are people out there that want to get good at therapeutic change work who would you recommend they uh, could learn from where could they go what books could they read what's made a big difference for you okay well um you know, some of the people that I'm really inspired by at the moment are, you know, perhaps a little bit unusual in terms of, you know, they're not therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple of people that that I've been following and involved with their work that I'm finding really inspiring. So somebody in the medical world, um, an up and coming scientist like Dr. Rhonda Patrick, she has a company called Found My Fitness now. It's just amazing what she's doing, again, on social media and um, on her website. So a lot of the information out there is free. You know, she's posting things on Instagram um, and Facebook daily. And mm-hmm. it's all about promoting strategies in how to increase your health span. Yeah, it's all about using your understanding biology around the science of aging and well-being and performance. So she's definitely one to follow. She's quite a young woman. Um, you can look her up, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, and um, and follow some of her stuff. I mean, it's not some of it's quite technical, but if you're not into the technical sciencey side, it's still really inspiring to see how she's breaking through some of the old styles of thinking about food and about aging. Um, and how we can really take action on that in a simple way in our daily lives by what we're Mm. eating and what we're putting into our bodies. So um, Found My Fitness, that's been a a really interesting one to follow. And um, so that's on the the scientific side. And then I've also found, interestingly, in the fitness industry, 
that some people are moving into you know the mindset aspect of health and fitness mm. and someone that's doing that really well um it's an australian guy craig harper now he set up an instagram account called whiteboard lessons and he writes posts where he's literally written with his black marker pen on a whiteboard some kind of inspirational quotes now when we were talking about um you know all this positive thinking and the, the kind of positive vibes movement that everybody's into he's kind of um anti that so some of his whiteboard lessons you know they might not be everybody's cup of tea they can be a little bit sweary um but it's really he, he really gets straight to the point yeah right so it's really down to earth it's an accessible way and he really knows what he's talking about so he also um, does interviews and um, live video streams and question and answers and um, you know if you're looking for somebody that's got something to say when it's not all fluffy um, affirmation style stuff but it's still at the core of positivity and mindset work on the fitness side of things, then Craig Harper and his whiteboard lessons is a, a really good one. And are there any books or on ChangeWorks specifically? Well, you know, for me, um, nothing has been as as useful and um, important in my work than the Human Givens framework. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that book for me, I could, you know, I've read it a number of times. And, um, you know, that would be definitely something if you haven't read that, that's something I think everybody needs to read. And, and certainly the Human Givens framework is the foundation for a lot of the fit mind training course. And although I don't teach my clients, you know, to become human givens therapists or specialists, they certainly do understand what it means as a human being to have certain needs and how it's important for them to get them met in a healthy way. And in fact, one element of the course is a human givens, a human needs checklist that they have, mm-hmm. um, where they're able to go back and refer to that as well to check, you know, their need for attention. Um, they need to feel stretched or challenged because people are actually using food and using their bodies to meet their needs in unhealthy ways. So it's really important, I think, for clients, again, to have that responsibility or to have, you know, it's not even a responsibility. It's to have to be empowered and to feel like they are the change makers and they are the ones creating this process. What do you think of the the are the challenges involved with helping people to make personal uh, and effective change? I think the first challenge that we have as um, as change workers or therapists is, first of all, in just letting people know that the help is there. Mm. I think it's something that um, a lot of us you know, struggle with knowing how to you know, how to get our message out there, how to promote ourselves. Um, and how to let people know that this kind of training or this kind of therapy works and how they can change quickly and comfortably, right? You know, it doesn't have to be a lengthy process or a painful or expensive process. So I think that's the first challenge in, um, you know, creating this awareness for people that this help, you know, is out there and that, you know, it can be very fast and it can be and should be a really comfortable process, um, and then I think um, another challenge is is really making sure that we are you know leaving our clients, making sure our clients have 
the skills that they need to be able to maintain you know the changes especially when it comes to having a healthy mind and body mm. so really empowering people to you know to take control of their wellness and their mental health and you know it's tricky because you don't want people to feel that it's their fault that they've been suffering but you do want them to understand how their mind works and how they can use it to really thrive and you know what to do when things happen in life which make it harder you know there's challenging times mm. um so I think it's about getting that balance and, you know, breaking through the kind of black and white thinking that often holds the problems in place. If people want to get in touch with you, find out more about the work you're doing um, and learn more about the FitMind program, how can they do that? Well, I'm pretty active on social media. So you can find me on Facebook at Sarah Wall FitMind Trainer. And um, there's a, quite a lot of information there about what I do and the, and the training and also just uh, daily inspirational and um, interesting alternative stuff. And I also have a, a free support community. It's a closed group just for women, um, which is Fit Mind Training with Sarah Wall. So you can search for those on Facebook and come into the group. Um, you know, if you want to, if you want to know more about me on a on a personal level, you know, I'm really open about about what I do. I'm really open about my life as I'm a single mum. I've got two kids, and you know, health and fitness is a massive passion for me. And oh, coffee as well. Did I mention coffee? So, if you're interested in, um, you know, if you love any of those things too, or if you're just interested in following my journey, then on Instagram. I get a bit more up close and personal to my personal journey and what's going on for me, as well as, you know, that my clients follow me on there as well. So there's some, you know, it's kind of professional stuff. But I think the the lines between your personal life and your professional life are, are kind of blurred these mm -hmm. days with, um, you know, with this online world that people can find you anywhere. So I'm really open. I'm really upfront about, you know, about my personal life. And I think that that helps people as well. We talked about the trust factor and the no factor. I think they feel that they know who I am. They know my story and it's useful for, for them to see, you know, what's happening in my in my life. So you can come along to um, an online masterclass. You can sign up. There's a link um, on my website, which is thefitmindtrainer.com. So just to reiterate to uh, all the listeners, all of the links um, and all of the ways of getting hold of Sarah, we will put on the Rapid Change website, uh, as well as the information uh, in the episode guide on iTunes. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time and talking to us today oh, about Rapid pleasure. Change. And uh, yeah, look forward to hearing uh, all sorts of wonderful things about the FitMind Trainer Programme moving forwards. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, why not share it with anyone you think might be interested and even head over to iTunes to give us a glowing review. You'll find more about what's coming up on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rapid change works. And of course, you'll find all the links related to this episode, plus those free five steps to getting your suggestions to sizzle over at rapidchange.works.